Hey, welcome to the, the Key Hire Solutions Human Capital for Small Business live stream. I'm Corey Harlock, Principal of Key Hire, where we work with uh, business owners to help them sleep more and uh, make more money. And we do that through any range of human capital uh, projects, whether it's backfilling a role uh, for your current company, bringing in some more experience or capacity. 60% of the work we do is working with uh, our business owners to develop a new role within the company and then acquire that talent, or it could be a full-scale redo of the organizational chart. Uh, here's what we look at at 5 million. Here's what we need to look like to get to $20 million, creating and executing on an action plan, a human capital action plan to get there. Uh, and I'm really excited today because uh, this is something I've wanted to do since we started the live stream. We talked about creating new roles. And our guest today, James Warren from Marx Brothers, we worked with Edgar Marx, uh, the second or third generation owner of Marx Brothers, um, to develop uh, this, this role uh, within the company and then go out and acquire it. And it was quite an interesting process. Um, but what, first, I'd like to, to introduce James Warren to bring him on to the live stream from Marx Brothers. And he's their director of supply chain. And we all know, uh, you know, James isn't, wasn't aware of this, but there were some issues going on with supply chain for the last little while. Thanks for having me on, Corey. Yeah, no, my pleasure. I'm so happy to have you. I mean, we worked together. What was it? Probably, how long have you been with Marx Brothers now? Uh, just over a year. Wow. And and so I think what's going to be really interesting about, about this conversation is, um, you came from a much larger organization in a very different segment. You came from steel, right? Right. And moved into, uh, so was it an international company or national? Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, very, very large billion dollar market yeah. cap. Right. Uh, international steel company to a small, privately held, family run food production company. And uh, so I think that speaks volumes just in terms of, of that transition. But I think it's really cool. What I, what I want to talk to today about is, and I know when, when I started with working with Edgar, you know, he had visions of, uh, you know, demand analysts and some different things within the business. But through our conversation, we were able to say, okay, well, that's what you need today. But you're talking about a, a growth plan. What's going to happen to this person as, as the, the business grows? And that's how we kind of got to the director of supply chain. Well, we need to bring in the capacity and the experience into the business to enable you to scale. Someone who understands what a bigger business looks like. And so I, the first question I have for you is, and we talk about this growth mindset all the time, is as an owner, as a business owner, arguably, let's, let's for argument say, I have a $5 million a year business. I want to get to 20. And I bring in someone like you from a billion dollar international company what's it the mindset what do i need to change about the way i think as a small business owner to allow you to do what you do best and and position my company to scale and grow in your area of the business uh, the the number one thing is uh realizing you know when when people are role experts subject matter experts uh that you know, they are the expert. And there's a, a quote been attributed to, to many people from Einstein to Lorne Michaels. Uh, but if you're the smartest person in the room, you should leave the room. 
Right. Um, and, you know, it's just having the foresight and uh, humility to, to say, okay, this isn't my area of expertise. You know, I need to bring in somebody that can, uh, that can handle this. And it's why something like 98% of adoptions in Japan are adults being adopted into a family to continue running a family business. Um, is that a, is that a real with, fact? Yes. Because they, they don't have 97, 98%. Yeah. And it's uh, because they know that their children may not want to run the business. They might may not be great at business. You know, it's, a, it's certain types of minds that enjoy doing that. And uh, you know, luckily Edgar here was, uh, you know, when he talked to me, he said, we've been doing things my way for a while. And, uh, you know, I, we've always brought people on and taught them the Marx Brothers way. And now, uh, you know, I want to bring in somebody that's going to teach me, that's going to help the business grow that we will grow into rather than uh, having them grow into our business. And uh, being, being able to switch that mindset where you realize at a certain point, the, there's too much on the plate and you don't have enough bandwidth to do everything yourself. Yeah. Um, and he needed to, to be able to run the business, um, you know, to be the, the president and CEO. And uh, you, you can't do that when you're worried about, uh, you know, whether material is getting on a, a vessel every night until midnight and, uh, you know, the myriad of other issues that, that arise. So uh, that's really the, the biggest thing is being able to step back and say, uh, okay, you know, I know a lot, I know a lot about the business, but, you know, a lot of times it's about fresh eyes and outside perspective and people who can uh, suggest uh, some you know, best practices. Right. And I think that the two things that really stuck out that you said were humility and having the mind shift going from you need to learn how we run our business to I need you to teach me how to run this department better. Right. Leverage everything, you know, and, and make me better at understanding how we as a company can be better. That's pretty. Absolutely. Right. Um, and I guess we should also know, uh, mention Marx Brothers is, are you guys the largest producer producer of shredded sweet and coconut in North America? That's correct. Yeah. And people are probably thinking, wow, that's that's super niche. And it is. But it's such a best smelling operation I've ever been in hands down. I love walking through the facility. It smells so good. It, it's great, especially coming from uh, from the steel industry. Yeah, for sure. Um, so so we talk about. Um, you know, director of supply chain, and you alluded to it, right? Staying up till midnight, making sure stuff's on the boat, it's being received, it's being, I mean, there's a lot of, anyone who knows supply chain knows there's, and you know it more than I do, there's a million checkpoints that have to happen from it to get from, you know, Indonesia to Birmingham, Alabama. Um, so what do you think your biggest impact has been on the ownership and leadership of Marx Brothers? Uh, I, my biggest uh, goal when I first started, uh, and I, I consider this uh, my biggest impact, is that uh, the owners can go to sleep at night instead of uh, staying up until two or three in the morning worrying, you know, is this material going to get onto a vessel? Do we have enough ordered? Um, and, you know, I, I came on and we have developed uh, the department, you know, uh, further, you know, I have added two more people to the team, um, and the them just having the comfort and you know uh, developing the trust, knowing that things are going to get done, that uh, we have our eyes on the the right things, 
but you know there's on, on top of that there's you know productivity improvements just from being uh, coming from another industry especially uh, you have uh, some you know like i said fresh eyes some uh, ideas to offer and they don't always pan out um right i've, I've had a few that uh yeah, in retrospect i'm like that was that was not a great idea um <laughs> But you know you have to throw them out there, and uh, we've made a lot of improvements. Uh, we're launch uh, here in the next thirty days. We're launching a new ERP system. Oh wow, cool! Um, I know that was a that was a hot button item in the beginning. It, it was like we got to find a way to manage everything from beginning to end, right? It it was, and uh, you know, have, having people who have worked in those kind of environments with those kind of tools uh, is very helpful when you're trying to establish those yourself. You know, new processes, uh, everything from uh, safety to uh, accounting to uh, supply chain procurement uh, materials uh, and uh, operations as well. Uh, you, it's it's you just had, invaluable having that kind of experience. Yeah, and sorry to interrupt, but you we knew ERP implementation implementation was going to be a thing at Marx Brothers, and you had that experience coming in as well, right? You had done That's an implementation, correct. and you had mapped out the whole the whole thing, which, I mean, you obviously have a very logical mind and probably enjoy doing that stuff. So I, I think that's just, you know, we go back to, we, we developed that role and we looked at long-term what's going to happen. And ERP implementation was one of the boxes we had to check. And that was one of the things I think that you and I even talked about early on in the process when we were kind of yeah. starting to engage with each, with each other about, hey, it's not going to happen today, but we need an ERP. And that was part of it. So I'm glad you yeah. brought that up because it kind of brings it around full circle about understanding what your future goals are, making sure you're targeting that right experience. Right. And uh, in addition to that, knowing uh, you're having some outside perspective on maybe what the priorities should be when you have those long term goals. Um, I, I doubt uh, had I not come here that we would be about to launch uh, the ERP. Uh, everything was we have an ERP and a lot of stuff has been done manually outside the system in spreadsheets. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you know, just about every small business uh, deals with that. We, we dealt with it at my previous company more than uh, we should have. But uh, you know, it was looking at that. I told Edgar, like, this is going to be a, uh, a huge roadblock for us, for sales, for accounting, for everyone, uh, if we can't get this done. And so I said, you know, we, this is going to be a, a nightmare and I'm not going to, I'm not going to sleep a lot for the next several months, but I think we need to, we need to go ahead and start this. And so right. we, we kicked it off and, uh, you know, he, that wouldn't have happened. This would have been probably a, you know, two or three year down the road project. Cool. And then the last question I have for you is, you know, we talked about Edgar sleeps better. Uh, you're moving the ERP where you're, they're utilizing your strengths, but now talk about, you know, the expertise and capacity you brought in, right? You came from a much, you had more experience than we needed today. And we're trying to grow the company to meet the, your level of experience. So give, give people out there an idea of when you hire for capacity, a small business owner, if you hire someone, you have the humility to get out of the way and let them teach you um, and turn them loose. Give us an idea of some of the impact you've had. Uh, how do you measure that impact um, just some of the things you've been able to do because you brought that level of experience from a larger company, even from a different industry, you alluded to that, you've been able to draw on some different things. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, uh, very focused on using resources wisely. Um, you know, there's, 
the public, the company I came from was public and uh, there was a huge focus on working capital. And so, it, uh, you know, I learned that every, every dollar that you're dealing with, uh, you need to make sure that you're using it wisely, you know, whether that's the people that you're staffing, uh, the processes that you're implementing, the equipment that you have, everything top to bottom. Uh, so having that mindset, knowing that uh, I want to be a good steward of the company's resources, uh, I am uh, adamant that I, I track productivity improvements, uh, cost reductions, uh, all, all of those kind of things. And uh, we've developed KPIs that we look at uh, to, to show those things. And uh, I have, you know, multiple uh, spreadsheets where I just, you know, I go in, plug in a little information each month and uh, we're tracking uh, what we're saving uh, as, uh, you know, hard realizable savings uh, through cost reductions um and the those kind of indirect things that are hard to quantify uh like cost avoidance you know that, that aren't concrete but they still matter and kind of separate those and and so i show him uh you know here are the things we've been accomplishing and when i uh, was bringing on the the most recent member of my team i sat down we had a, a discussion i showed him uh, some numbers i said this is what i uh, expect that we would be paying this person uh, here are the things that I just can't get to right now because of bandwidth. And uh, you know, here's a couple of projects I think that will just completely pay for this position. And then, you know, long term, uh, you know, those benefits just keep piling up and piling up. You know, they snowball. Uh, so uh, always making sure that we're communicating uh, our uh, efficacy as a group, uh, that we're you know, letting people know when we have successes and uh, encouraging them to do the same as well so that uh, we're, you know, we're all kind of in, in lockstep, but uh, showing uh, hard cost reductions is, uh, is huge, right? Every, uh, every business owner wants to see when, uh, when you're growing to be able to reduce costs, um, especially if you can do that without having to get rid of uh, employees. Right. And, uh, you know, having come from a large public company, that's something that um, I, you know, had to do sometimes I don't enjoy doing it. And, uh, uh, this is a, it's a small family business and the, the owners don't want to have to, uh, lose employees for whatever reason, yeah. uh, because it, they run it like a family. So being able to, uh, provide, uh, for opportunities to be able to bring more people on to help accelerate uh, our, our strategic plan and our growth outlook uh, is yeah, that's invaluable to them. Very cool. Now I know you have to run, but I have one more quick question for you. You talked about, you know, KPIs and measuring all these stats. I'm, I don't want to lead the witness, but I, I think, you know, are those things that was were asked for or are those metrics you introduced to the business that have, again, well, I'll let you answer the question. Um, uh, column A, column B. Uh, okay. kind of thing. Uh, we, when I first spoke with Edgar, he mentioned the, the need uh, that to have some KPIs set up and also to uh, have someone, you know, from outside who had dealt with KPIs before, who knew what, uh, what things matter to track to ensure success later uh, so that you can course correct, you know, if the numbers aren't looking the way they should. And so uh, he, he was interested in them. Uh, I was going to have them anyway. So, you know, we, 
uh, start working on those and you know the entire management team has uh, KPIs now and each of their teams have internal KPIs uh, so cool. you know, and if I recall, that everybody wants to do it's just figuring out how to set it up well and knowing having someone who has done it right again right. that was and I believe that was one of the key pieces of experience we had targeted as well and outlined in this role like someone who could bring that experience to the business and now there's there's trickle down and it feels like it's kind of you know the norm, right? It's how how you right. how you measure performance, which is great. Um, James, thank you so much. I know you're busy. I know you're super busy, and I, it's been great catching up with you. And I'm so happy to hear uh, about your success over uh, Marx Brothers. And Edgar is truly one of my favorites. I, it's such a great operation. I'm uh, happy to be able to catch up with you. Thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, James Warren with uh, Marx Brothers. So. Whatever store you go into, if you're going to do some baking or you're buying some sweetened shredded coconut, it's probably produced by March Brothers. Um, and they do have the best quality stuff on the market. So I, I neglected to say, if you have any questions, please drop them in the chat box. Uh, any questions about human capital, that growth mindset, have a question, ask below. There it is. I should have, I should have uh, gotten onto it earlier. But we have about 10 minutes left here. So, Matt, let's see if we have any questions uh, out there and we can address some of them. What are some signs that a process needs reworking? So in, in my experience and part of the diligence we do when we go into a small business to look at, you know, what is your human capital? And human capital is that. It's 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 a it's diminishing. It's it's uh growing in value, your human capital is exactly that. What is the value of not the people you have, but the value of their experience, their capacity, their backgrounds, their training, all these different elements. Think about it as like your investment portfolio. You know, you have stocks, you have bonds, you have high risk, you have low risk. All of these things kind of factor in together. So when we look at a process that needs reworking, we obviously look at it from a human capital perspective. So we want to look at the individual who's in charge of that process and what is their knowledge? Uh, where are they going? Do they, do they have any capacity to build it? Um, so in keeping kind of with, with the theme of today, if we look at operations, as companies need to grow and scale, lean management is, is a useful tool to do that. And that's one of the things we'll look at. You know, what, what efficiencies have you put in place in the operation um, to to improve quality, to improve on-time delivery, to um, lower labor costs, to make a safer environment for people. And we listen for the answers. And if people just say, hey, we just do what we do. This is how we've always done it. There's probably need for process improvement around that. Um, you, and you're going to want to look at it. And I've said this before, any operational leader you talk to, if they've been trained in a large and large environment, the things you want to listen for are safety first. We want all of our people to go home with the same number of fingers and toes that they came to work with. Quality second, everything else third. Those are, are things a well-trained uh, operation person will say. Uh, I think I shared this story before, but I had a client and we put a director of operations in there and, and, I, and I followed up with them and said, you know, how's, how's this person doing? And they said, 
doing pretty well. I don't think they're working on the right things, but I think they're doing okay. And so I said, well, let me, let me go have a chat with them. So I went out into the operation and chatted with them and said, how's it going? And they said, yeah, let me show you around some of the things I, I've been working on. And all of them were safety. Every single thing they were working on was safety and uh, ergonomic safety for, you know, to, to um, they had some very skilled workers and very few of them. So if one of them was out sick or, or injured, that would hurt their productivity. And they recognized this and they said, you know, I've improved the process here because can't afford to have one of these people hurt their back and be able to work. Um, rearrange things to make sure the traffic flows were there because we run forklifts. And if, if the traffic flows aren't clearly mapped and we don't have the proper forklift procedures in place, people get hurt. And forklift accidents are not, um, they're usually pretty major. And so I went back to my owner and said, nope, they're working on exactly the right things. Um, and, and now that individual, you know, fast forward uh, a couple years down the road and the business is humming and they're super pleased, but those are the things you can't go fast until you have all the wheels put on the automobile correctly. And that's what a good operational person, operational person will do for you. So when I look at, when you need pro a process that's reworking, the biggest symptom I would look for is if the only input you have is time. If the, if you say, look at all we got to do is work harder have more people working more to scale, that process is probably broken or or not broken, but maxed out. Um, you know, it's a $5 million, you're running a $10 million business on a $5 million a year process. And so if the only input is just work harder, do more, and this should work, there, there's probably some constraints that exist in the process, whatever it could be, um, that, that need to be addressed or removed, or we just need to rework the entire process. What's our next one, Matt? We got time for one more. How can I identify an expert during the hiring process? All right. So we just talked to James and he came from steel into food production. And that was something that, um, you know, Edgar and I had talked about. Does this person have to have industry experience we looked at the market, we looked at where we were and, you know, all factors considered, we thought, no, they don't. If they understand how to get something, anything from the other side of the world to where we are today, they probably can do it with coconut. And um, so that was the one thing uh, we looked at, right? Sometimes people are so broad uh, uh, dialed into, they have to have our industry experience and sometimes they don't. If you have enough industry experience in the building, and I, I can tell you about Marx Brothers, there is no one, no business on this planet that knows more about coconut origin, where it comes from, how to get it here, how to how to manufacture and produce it than the team at Marx Brothers. They are the most knowledgeable people in North America, at least, on coconut. So... Do we need people who know no coconut? We don't. We have the internal knowledge. The knowledge we had to target was uh, supply chain. Who is an expert at supply chain? We can teach them the food side of the business. 
And oftentimes I see this with, um, you know, you can look at sales. We're in a niche role and we need, a, we need a director of sales to put KPIs in place, hold people accountable and build out a strategy, but they have to have industry experience. Well, do they? If all of your salespeople have been in your industry and have all the contacts or 80, 90% of the contacts that you need, how important is it that it, that individual come from your industry? Now, it might it might want to come come from a sister industry or or an industry that is related or connects in one way or another. You know, if you were in food uh, selling food production to grocery stores, you know, you wouldn't want someone who's who um, is does channel sales nuts and bolts. That might not work, um, but we need to look at that industry experience. And then for me. It's history. Um, if someone has a progression of success and being promoted and is a subject matter expert and over time has spent time with the company and been promoted and moved to a new company and been promoted and is really fine tuning and honing that expertise, that to me is more valuable than almost anything. Um, you know, a lot of companies are really big on assessments and things like that, and assessments have a place. But if I look at someone with 10 years of, of success uh, and experience and success and an assessment that that it maybe is counterintuitive to, counterintuitive to that, I will always default to success uh, because 10 years of accumulated success is hard to do. Taking a 10, 15, 30 minute assessment, whether you're having a good day, a bad day, if you get interrupted, are you in a good mood? Are you in a bad mood? All of those factors contribute to this assessment. And you could have a bad 15 minutes, but if you show me you've had a great 10 years, I will value those great 10 years over almost everything else. If I can, you know, trust, uh, what is it? Uh, Trust but verify. Um, you know, people are always going to tell you that they've had success, but by vetting them out, going through the process, and, and creating the right process, which we've talked about before, um, which reminds me, Matt, remind it will remind people about our our ebook on the process. Um, if you have the right process, same people asking the same questions, you're doing all the right things. You're going to flush this information out. And so you want to trust people are telling you the truth, but you also want to verify that. And you can do that by the right interview um, and, and just, you know, spending time with the individual and asking the right questions. I think I answered that question, uh, Matt. So I think we're wrapped up here. So we got some things we want to tell uh, anyone who's watching about. Uh, what's the first one we want to talk about here, Matt? Download the ebook. So if you go to our website, we have a couple free tools. We've just added another one and it's Make Your Interviewing Rock. Uh, you can sign up for that. Uh, if you just go to uh, keyhire.solutions, uh, no.com.solutions, and uh, there you go. And um, you'll see the ebook. It's a comprehensive step-by-step -step guide uh, to building out your own acquisition and hiring process. It's the one key hire is developed and we use and we have a better than 90% success rate in our hiring. Uh, the people we put in businesses generally just are rock stars. And 
So we're going to teach you how to do that. And if you're not a big reader, we're also going to shoot you a video of a presentation I did on Make Your Interviewing Rock. The next thing is uh, you can sign up uh, to our YouTube channel. This is where we drop all of our information. Uh, if you go to YouTube and type in Key Hire Solutions, you're going to find our page. And anything we record or any information we have goes up on that channel. And the final one is our LinkedIn page. So the Key Hire Solutions LinkedIn page, great place to go and get updates and information. And, and um, again, any, any other information that we're, we're publishing and putting it out there. Uh, our goal is to help small business owners. Our, our target clients are $5 million to $15, 20000000 million a year uh, business owners. Business owners who are in that, in that pinch where I want to scale, but everything I'm doing, it's hard. It's not working. It's one step forward, two steps back. I'm trying to do everyone's job because my great people aren't as great as they used to be. Um, I can't find the right people. That's where we come in. So whether you need us to help you backfill a role, upgrade a role, develop a new role in your company, those are our areas of expertise. Uh, and then we can also help you do a full scale human capital growth plan, current state, future state, put an action plan together and then, you know, help you action that plan and get where you want to go. Uh, we also do have, uh, you know, if you have any questions for us, you can uh, sign up on the website. We have a free consultation, 30 minutes, no weirdness, no sales, just us talking with you, giving you some ideas, talking you through some problems. Um, and, you know, after that, if you like what we have to say, we can always talk further, but we're a help first. Uh, our, our, our philosophy is help first. So thank you very much for your time today. We're right on track here. So until next, in two weeks, we're going to be back at this again. So until next time, Corey Harlock saying stop grinding and start growing.